0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: Well, if you're like a lot of parents, particularly those that have younger children at home, you've had it up to here with all the COVID-19 shelter-in-place regulations. And while certainly we all recognize that they're there for a very important reason, and we all want to be good citizens and good neighbors to make sure that we're not only protecting our own families, but protecting others. That said, though, All this time cooped up with the kids, maybe not exactly what you thought it might be cracked up to be. Sounded like fun the first week. Now as we head into week number three, perhaps the stress level beginning to build. How can you keep the kids occupied when normally you've always said, don't sit in front of the TV set all day, go outside, and now, of course, there are restrictions. Well, to offer a wonderful sample of how the whole family can enjoy not only some quality time together, but I think some welcome distraction, we're joined by Mark Hancock. Mark is the CEO of Trail Life USA, who's going to tell us all about the upcoming National Backyard Campout. And, Mark, boy, if all this comes together, as you're hoping, you're going to be a a big hero to, <laughs> to an awful lot of parents, I think.
2: Well, Craig, from the, uh, the initial returns we're getting from people, they're excited about this opportunity to kind of take a break in this, in this kind of unusual culture that we're living in right now and get outside and enjoy the outdoors. And so we're encouraging families all across the country on April 17th to camp in their backyard.
1: You know, here in the San Francisco Bay Area, we've kind of had a a double whammy in addition to the fact that we've been on lockdown going on three weeks now, in fact, three weeks today. Exacerbating the fact is a lot of rain. And while we're certainly grateful in California any time we have rain, when you can't even get out of the backyard and enjoy the weather and and at least a little bit of fresh air, it's really frustrating. The good news is we're finally coming into a break. The weather system looks like they're going to be the last of it behind us. And as we head into... Easter and certainly into next week. They're predicting blue skies, temperatures in the 70s. It's going to be an ideal time to get out of the house. And as we suggested at the get-go, get creative here and do something that not only can be a great distraction for the kids, but I think can also provide some quality time for the entire family.
2: Yeah, I think families are discovering that, that during this time, you know, if, if we don't have to look too hard, but we do have to look to make sure that we're taking every opportunity to kind of discover uh, opportunity or discover uh, the good and, and difficulty, you know, to discover, discover discover somehow some sort of purpose in what it is we're going through right now. And so we're, we're encouraging parents to to take advantage of this opportunity, you know, instead of walking away from it with the memories that we're, we're like uh, fear of the unknown, the anxiety. Um, what if the kids get to walk away saying, hey, I remember that time. That's when we camped in the backyard. Or if we can't camp in the backyard, that's when we set up that Uh, blanket fort in the living room using all the furniture and we all camped in the living room. What a great, what a great way to to take this uh, difficult situation and turn around and make great memories for our kids.
1: You know, I think for a lot of us, um, certainly not just as young boys, but young girls as well that had a chance to go out on family camping trips or or maybe get away for summer camp for a while, the sense of adventure, the being out in the outdoors, a bit of the challenge of doing things differently, meaning, you know, you're cooking over an open campfire, things of this sort, are some of the greatest memories, I think, that that we as adults have from our childhood. And here's a great way to not only build a lot of those memories, but also to take away some of the sting. I mean, this has been a difficult experience for not only all Americans, but for many people globally. And, And sadly, to think back over this period of time associated with singularly loss of life and and, um, interruption to daily lives in ways that none of us have ever experienced before um, can tend to leave a pretty sour taste in one's mouth. And I think the idea of getting creative here, and I suppose in a sense, Mark, looking at this as sort of a gift from God, that so often we get so busy with hustle and bustle of life and work and taking the kids to soccer practice and all that we have to do, that really having the opportunity to spend uninterrupted quality time together as a family is, is is oftentimes very challenging so maybe we need to look at this in not as the glass half empty but rather as the glass half full in sense of of it being a unique opportunity to get involved in something like the national backyard camp that can be great for the entire family and build some really positive memories out of what is otherwise a very heartbreaking difficult experience.
2: Well, that's exactly what we're hearing from people who are excited about participating in the National Backyard Campout. They're saying that, hey, you know, last night, instead of running the soccer practice and dance recital, we sat around the table and had dinner. And then we stayed for 45 minutes afterwards and talked and laughed and shared with each other. Families are engaging with each other in in entirely new ways. And what if we get to carry that into into this aftertime, whatever the aftertime looks like, this new connection, this new bonding that we have one with another. And the outdoors is a great place to do this. You know, this was birthed through our troops. You know, we have 830-something troops meeting across the country in all 50 states, 30,000 members. And they have discovered... Uh, virtual meetings because as troops they can't get together and work on their badges and their promotions and have their meetings, so they're doing it all virtually. And one of our troops said, "You know, what? why don't we all camp at our own homes?" And then that blue grew into this uh, national thing. Said, so "Let's invite all of America to to uh, to join Trail Life USA families all across the country camping outside on April 17th." And that is something that we can all all do together to set aside the anxiety, all the difficulty, get in the simple outdoors re-engage again with, with each other in a in a place that's just beautiful and safe and uh and just have a great time so so we're looking forward to uh, to hearing the stories afterwards of, of families that discover uh, maybe a, a habit or a, a, that they set aside because their lives just got too too busy and we would hope that families uh would want to engage more and more with the outdoors after this uh, spending that
1: first night uh, you know when i first learned about this I, I had memories coming back as a kid um that were not altogether different from what you're proposing for april the 17th in uh, in so much as when we bought new camping equipment typically maybe time to buy a new tent the old one was falling apart and so forth my dad always wanted to do a trial run make sure that we know how to set the thing up so that we don't get out in the middle of nowhere and find out that there's a rope missing or a stake missing or whatever and and ruin the uh, the camping outing and so we would do a trial run for an evening and set up the tent in the backyard and pull out the sleeping bags and you know make a go of it so this is not all that unusual it's an easy thing to do and, and certainly for families that say, well, we got a problem. We live in a condominium. How do you do that? Well, uh, the invention and creativeness of children um, will come in handy as you learn how to make forts and tents out of things like blankets and uh, chairs. And I remember as a kid, we used to drape them over the back of the couch and extend them across the living room and over, over the top of the chair and hold some things down with the couch cushions in order to make a fort made out of blankets. And I guess folks that don't have access to a backyard can do something just like that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The idea is that the families are doing something together and kind of a break in this, in what's becoming routine for us, and something to look forward to and something to look back on, you know, a great memory that they can do together. Uh, at, at the website uh, at um, uh, backyardcampout.fun, we actually have some tips for activities, for uh, maybe some foods you want to prepare outdoors. Uh, some ideas on equipment. We have a, an equipment supplier who's offering special deals. If people don't have tents, they can order and, and get them shipped for this for this event. Uh, or, like you said, you can just make a blanket for it. The idea is that you take the time and you set it aside as a family and say, we're going we're gonna to live a little bit different than even the different we've been in, and we're going to have a good time at doing it.
1: Now, a lot of us have been camping. We know how the routine goes, and the good news is, hopefully, if you do it here in the Bay Area um, on the 17th, you won't have to deal with mosquitoes. <laughs> but that exactly. said, uh, talk to us about the the experience or the memory-building aspect of all of this. And I understand that there are some resources available on this special website, BackyardCampout.fun. That's BackyardCampout.fun dot f u n the f u n is that you think of like dot com dot org dot net well this is dot fun backyard out dot fun uh, in addition to helping with the practical side of all this let's talk a bit about some aspects where there can really be an opportunity to come together as a family and build some memories
2: yeah, and I think that uh, like i said this, this this life that we're leading right now in this present time is is sort of becoming Uh, a a habit, maybe a a bad habit or not a a comfortable habit, but what if we can put in the middle of this thing a break where we head outdoors or we sleep different in the living room or we do something different in order to break break this routine that that, uh, isn't bringing us much much joy as possibly it could be. And, And I think that just by being creative, families uh, talking together about how they can, they can make it a good time going on the website and looking at the different activities they could do, maybe to prepare s'mores or, or play a certain game or this, there's all kinds of good information on I mean, them. Remember, we've got 8,000, uh, trailmen, uh, vo- adult volunteers across the country who spend a lot of time in the outdoors and thinking about these, these things. And they're offering all their skills and, and advice that they can to make this a great opportunity for families. And like I said, they're going to walk away not, not just with something to look forward to, not, just something good to participate in, but we're also going to be creating great memories for afterwards.
1: Let's pause for a moment. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Mark Hancock, CEO of Trail Life USA, and talk about not just the family memory building and fun aspect of this get-together, the uh, backyard campout that's scheduled across America for April the 17th, but also how we can use this as an opportunity for character building. I'm Craig Roberts, a brief Time timeout, back with more here on this edition of Lifeline.
0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: And welcome back to the conversation. My special guest today is Mark Hancock. Mark is the CEO of Trail Life USA. And we're talking about a special endeavor to get families Focused off of stuck at home, lots of tensions building, everybody's tired of looking at the walls and maybe each other, and do something fun together as a family that can uh, not only be memory building, but also perhaps instill some important valuable lessons in the life of your children. It's called the National Backyard Campout, and it's scheduled for April the 17th across America. And the suggestion is just what the title tells you. And that is for families to come together and to engage in a backyard campout. And uh, Mark, let's talk a bit about just beyond the mechanics of it all. A lot of us understand how to pitch a tent and build a campfire, or get the barbecue going and make some hamburgers in the backyard. Or if you don't have a backyard, do all of that with pillows and, and blankets and so forth in the living room and, you know, turn over some furniture <laughs> if you need to, to to make a tent and uh, and have some fun. But there's another dynamic to this, and I want to zero in on this because This is a challenging time, certainly for all Americans. And I think that there is a growing national sense that um, once the immediate health crisis is over, um, we'll hopefully return to a lot of normalcy. There's also probably going to be a new definition of normalcy in America. We may never be the same. And it's not just a matter of health. It goes to economics and so many other aspects of life that may irrevocably change in America once this event is behind us. One of the issues, of course, that challenge parents, and that is in the midst of all of this, what are the takeaways? What are some of the lessons that can be used by young children boys and girls, that can not just be experience-building, but be character-building as well. You've written a couple of best-selling books, Let Boys Be Boys, and another one called Five Critical Needs of Boys. Zero in, if you would, on some of the lessons that are applicable from from the character-building dynamic of what families can be doing uh, during the national campout on April the 17th.
2: Yeah, well, you know, we can't uh, totally shield our kids from difficulty in times of challenge, but we can model for them how to face those times in faith. And that's why I think that the camp Campout is, is a great modeling for our kids. Hey, listen, times are difficult. This is difficult. But we can still endeavor to do something that we can enjoy that, that builds, builds our family. So there's, there's, there's lots of character in that and us as parents walking out how to handle the difficult a difficult time. But the book that you mentioned, The Five Critical Needs of Boys, um, you know, we, we happen to believe that boys and girls are different. I think most engaged parents and teachers know that there are differences between uh, boys and girls. And because Trail Off USA specializes in boys, we're boy-focused, um, we like to talk about what boys need in terms of, of what you'll typically put in your backpack. And so we talk about boys needing a compass, you know, in the confusion of uh, cultural relativism, the things that we're, that we're facing today, boys need to know that that, that there are some absolutes and that, that that there's such thing as a true north. And so that's why we say that they need something like a like a compass in their backpack. And they, they also need a map. The second thing we talk about a map, you know, a map, uh, Craig, is evidence that somebody has gone before us and, and written some things down. And you know, you, you don't just have a map appear out of nowhere. It's evidence that, hey, somebody put this turn in this trail. And uh, so, so we, we like to talk about the map as being the, the adult uh, uh, mentorship and, and advice when somebody has gone before. You know, boys who are facing things like uh, puberty or, or difficult situations or relationship issues or a culture that's, uh, that, that's kind of taken some interesting turns. Boys need somebody to speak into that, a, a male mentor to help guide them and to help them know what's around the next turn like a map would tell us. And we also talk about boys needing a guide. You know, a guide is somebody who walks, walks alongside you. In Trail Life USA, we use a patrol method and, and troops, and and so boys are not they're not on their own. They have somebody who's who's with them, who perhaps knows a little bit more than they do, and
3: and and
2: and it may be mutual, and that that they can care for one another, that they can guide each other through through the unknown. So we'd love to see boys, uh, you know, have a guide, and of course you want a flashlight. You know, boys are looking for for the truth and a, and a glimpse of what he can be. In these, in, in these dark times, uh, it's good that the boy always has something to show him what his future can be can be like. And then we talk about that as being a, a flashlight that kind of shows him the boundaries, shows him uh, who it is that he can be, shines a light on, on what it looks like up ahead. And then finally we talk about the need for a mountain. You know, if, if we fail this generation, Craig, it's, it's not because we over them. I think it'll be because we underchallenge them. You know, boys love outdoor challenges and a a structured environment. They want to know who's with me, who's in charge, and what our mission is. And and if you give them those things and you make them clear to them, they can accomplish just about anything. They need a challenge. In this participation trophy kind of world, uh, boys have been removed from that that sense of challenge and overcoming difficult things. And and in the real, real world, that's a real challenge for them because the first time they encounter something difficult, they want to quit. So we want to make sure that we're challenging boys with realistic challenges. We're encouraging them to, to to do difficult things and accomplish them. And we said when you line those five things up, um, you're really on your way to building good, strong, healthy men out of boys.
1: Well, the other point here, too, and I think it's important to underscore this, that our, our society and the media and culture is constantly underscoring uh, the notion of what worldly masculinity Looks like, and and sadly, that that tends to kind of uh, sort of lean on the Machismo end of the spectrum. It, it, it's Tends to be filled with um, uh, demonstrative violence and oftentimes anger being celebrated, things of these, this sort. All of which I think we would agree, Mark, are not necessarily aspects of godly character. And so, teaching boys that will soon become, at some point, men, um, what it's like to to begin to develop godly character and godly masculinity versus the world's de- definition, so critically important. And I would wonder right now, when everybody's kind of thrown together and, and the, the usual sort of, uh, you know, stress relievers we have, you know, go play around a hoops or run around the park. Or, you know, if you've got um, multiple children in a family and, and, and the kids are fighting with each other, you know, uh, send, send them out of the house. Well, you can't do that now. And if they share a bedroom, it's even worse. So this can be a real opportunity to touch on some of those aspects that is not only memory building, but also godly masculinity building. Am I right?
2: Yeah, and we we don't want to uh, we don't want to remove from, from from their lives the opportunity to try something difficult or do something difficult or to, or or to do something that that may have a little bit of risk. You know, boys love risk and competition. And so, when we take that away from them, when we remove risk and competition, they're going to find it somewhere, and that's why so many boys are going to the video game world it gives there they can take risks they can compete there's levels there's points it's very clear if they're doing better than somebody else. when we remove that from there from their real life we kind of drive them to that virtual world and then we criticize them for playing too many video games so it's tough if you're a boy today boys are now twice as likely to be special education three times more likely to be ADHD their suicide rates drug abuse rates are just going through the ceiling. They, Craig, they've fallen behind girls in every single academic category, and it's because of what it is that you're talking about, partially because of what it is that you're talking about, is we have an environment where it's almost like uh, boyhood is some sort of social disease that needs to be eradicated. You know, We're not letting boys be boys, and that's another book. In fact, it's available right now, free uh, download on uh, uh, TrailLifeUSA.com. Let Boys Be Boys. We talk about in there about, about how we've... Uh, um, the, the our our present culture um emph- emphasizing girls and focus on girls which they desperately needed girls were behind in, in many ways but we haven't paid attention to boys in that process and where girls are still being encouraged to do do what it is that they can be and be strong and grow and go for it we don't use that same kind of language with boys anymore it's like we're afraid that we're going to make them into some sort of monster and they're just not we but we've painted with a broad brush uh all boys because there are some boys who are troubled and uh in in that and so so all, you know all boys are paying a price and this sit still be quiet pay attention environment um it's difficult for boys where they're wired they're wired to move and they are different from girls and that may not be a popular thing to say and it may be politically incorrect but it just it just also happens to be true science biology psychology every science tells you that boys and girls are different we just seem to be kind of uh, ignoring that fact. And so that's why Trail Life is so important. Both Christ-centered and boy focused. We believe boys and girls are different and that they need their own program that's named specifically at them. And so we would encourage parents to understand those differences between that the, that their sons have and, and pick up the book. Um, and get it for free like I said Let Boys Be Boys and read through and you'll you'll see some of the some of the uh, explanation of some of the science behind what makes boys uh, specifically and uniquely
1: boys. And again, as we talk about this upcoming event nationwide, the the National Backyard Campout scheduled for April the 17th. Lots of resources, including the books we just discussed, by going to fun. That's backyardcampout.fun. And uh, once we get all of this behind us, Mark, and, uh, you know, the, the sun shines again, as they say, if families want to get more information about how they can get their boys involved in Trail Life USA, are there resources available on the website for that as well?
2: There are. In fact, if you go to the website now on the Backyard uh, Campout page, you'll see a map of the United States, and it shows uh, families that are registering to participate in the in the, uh, camp out. We just put that map up, I think, yesterday, and there's already over a 1,000 families that are that are saying, we're going to be camping out. And then you'll see another map uh, that shows the map of the United States and shows where all of our troops are. It's called Find a Troop. And you can go there to find out whether there's a troop nearby. We've got plenty out there on the West Coast, and uh, you, you can put in your zip code, and it'll show you the troops that are nearby. And then there's also a starter troop option. If there's not a tr- uh, troop nearby for you, And it shows you how to start one meeting. We have volunteers all over the country to come alongside and help you get that troop up and running.
1: All right. Great resources available to um, to get a little bit of a relief during the challenges of COVID-19 and the shelter-in-place orders. Again, it is coming up April the 17th, the National Backyard Campout, encouraging families like yours to make some memories make a difference. Information available on the web at backyardcampout.fun. That's backyardcampout.fun. And our thanks to Mark Hancock, CEO of Trail Life USA, for being with us. Mark, it's a great idea. Thanks for sharing it with our listeners.
0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: I sat down the other day with a friend of church who uh, recently had a new addition to the family, a new baby daughter, and of course the usual thrill and delight that any father demonstrates when he's got his first daughter. And as we were talking about what this meant now in becoming a father to a daughter and the challenges that uh, she would no doubt face growing up in the world that's filled with uh, so much sin and everything that we see on TV and on the Internet and so forth, He turned to me at one point in the conversation and he said, you know, Craig, he says, I think that I would feel better about this if I could just lock my daughter in the house, cut off the Internet and television until she's, say, 35, and then I would feel okay about this. Certainly, as he says that tongue-in-cheek, that might be a temptation. But all of us recognize that raising kids today, be they daughters or sons, in a world that is filled with so much sin and so much stuff that is available on the Internet, on the streets, texting, telephones, and of course television and entertainment and so forth, presents some huge challenges to parents who want to do all they can to properly train up a child and in many respects prepare them for what it means to become adults. Taking a look at this uh, somewhat of a challenging topic is Dennis Rainey from Family Life Today, author of a number of best-selling books down through the years, of course, uh, including one of his latest, Stepping Up, A Call to Courageous Manhood. And uh, Dennis, as always, great to have you on the program.
3: It's great to be with you too, Craig. I haven't been out in your direction in a long time. (laughs)
1: Let's talk a bit about um, the Passport to Purity, which is something I think is coming just in time for parents who really struggle with what they see going on in the world around them. And they say, you know, there's so many ways in which my son or my daughter has been being pulled in this direction or that direction. And it almost seems as if there's just no simple surefire way, short of my friend's recommendation of locking them in the house till they're 35, to protect them from all this.
3: Craig, for 11 years, I taught a sixth grade Sunday school class. I had 550 11 and 12 year olds go through my class. And by the time I finished teaching that that class, I was convinced that uh, the ages 10, 11, 12 provided a window of opportunity that most parents don't realize is there and don't seize the moment to drive a truckload of truth and boundaries and education into their lives for the very reason you're talking about. They're just around the corner from what I believe is the most perilous, some of the most perilous years a human being faces on the planet, the teenage years. And I created a tool that was really the contents of what I taught those kids, and it's called Passport to Purity. And what it is is it's a, a package of uh, uh, CDs that a parent can play and uh, in the process, uh, we guide the parent in how to have discussions with the father, son, mother, daughter over a Friday night, Saturday, to prepare them for what they're going to face in adolescence. And uh, personally, I, I, we've done a lot of good things at Family Life over the years. Our broadcast, you know, her daily, 8.30 in the morning on uh, kfax Um But this tool, Passport to Purity, has had 150,000 young people go through it. And I think it's one of the best things we've ever done, bar none.
1: And, you know, Dennis, when we think about the challenges that young parents are facing, and I'm sure you hear this all the time from listeners who uh, call in and write you, um, from the broadcast to say, you know, boy, to sit down with my kids, uh, number one, when we were kids growing up and, you know, for our, our child's perspective, that seems like back in the Stone Ages, uh, many of these things weren't even discussed. I mean, I don't, I don't think I began dating with even any kind of cursory permission from dad till 16, 17 years old. I mean, anything earlier than that, you're too young. So the kids seem to be growing up a lot faster, and then a lot of parents feel so overwhelmed because unlike what it was like when we grew up, we didn't have to deal with the Internet and sexting and texting and what goes on with uh, modern-day technology. And a lot of parents, I think, as a result, Dennis, feel so ill-equipped to address these critical topics that sometimes they make the big mistake of simply saying nothing at all or waiting until it's too late.
3: And in the process, Craig, what they do is they let the world do it. Mm. See, when we as parents don't fulfill our ministry in the lives of our, our children, and by the way, your children are not your youth pastor's responsibility. Your children are your responsibility. God gave them to you. It is your ministry. In, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul says, Since we've received this ministry, we do not lose heart. And I think what the culture is doing, Craig, is I think it's robbing parents of their courage it convinces them they're not experts, they don't know what they're doing, they're ill-equipped as you said, and what we've sought to do is put together a tool that makes the parent look like a hero
1: because this is this is a cool tool. So what you're really doing then here Dennis with the passport to purity is you're blowing some really big misconceptions out of the water. To begin with, the idea that some parents think that this is an option to educate or not to educate on the topic of purity and and sexuality and so forth. Oh, believe me, they will get educated. The question is, is it going to be done within the context of God's design for relationships, or is it going to be done outside of the home, outside of the church, by the modern culture and media?
3: Paul writes in Romans chapter 16, uh, near, near the end of that chapter, in the end of the book of Romans, this statement. He said, he's speaking like a parent. He said, but I want you to be wise in what is good and innocent in, of what is evil. Now, if you could capture the assignment of a parent, the assignment of a parent is to train their children in wisdom, which comes from God, skill in everyday living according to the Scriptures, be wise in what is good, and to protect your children from evil, to be innocent. So they don't arrive in marriage carrying luggage from all the mistakes that they've made, being allowed to go their own way all the way through adolescence. And and even if you do this with excellence, you still may not prevent that, because they've got a choice. But to not engage and, and, and not have the discussion... I think what Passport to Purity does that is so effective is it gives the parent and the the young person, the 10, 11, 12-year-old, a common vocabulary, a common lexicon of terms and of topics that can be discussed, not just in this Friday night, Saturday experience, uh, mother, daughter, father, son, one time, but can be talked about then, followed up on the next week, the next month, and then for the next uh, decade of their lives as they go through adolescence. And if there's ever been a time when young people needed parents to be engaged in their lives, it's when they're going through the adolescent years before they reach adulthood and maturity.
1: Is this a tool that would have made life even easier for you and Barbara, had this been available to you when you were raising your kids?
3: Oh, absolutely. The reason I taught the sixth grade Sunday school class is because I didn't know what I was doing. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to use the 6th grade Sunday school class to teach my kids. And by the time you teach something 11 times, the kids don't realize it, but they've probably taught you more as a parent than you've taught them.
1: <laughs> very true.
3: And, and what I said was, I want to put this, what I learned over 11 years of teaching this class, the object lessons, how we went about it, how we had fun doing it, very entertaining style, music, drama, all kinds of fun surprises along the way, embarrassing moments where we talk about, now you're turning red because we're talking about the most intimate of life issues. We had fun doing it, and the kids enjoyed it in the process. It's interesting, uh, Craig, I've got uh, soon to have 19 grandkids. Barbara and I are very young, but our our kids have not been bashful about being fruitful and multiplying. Okay, <laughs> But we're now seeing some of my grandkids go through this. And it is really cool to think that here is a a 10-, 11-, 12-year-old who is being coached around the major traps he or she is going to face multiple times through adolescence and have a game plan and hopefully a high enough standard on the front end that they'll be able to stay out of the traps and be innocent of what is evil.
1: You know, when you think about this, it comes down to issues of really helping kids to understand that all along the way in life, they are going to be confronted with choices. The question is, ultimately, are they going to be equipped to have the right answer, the right decision-making process to make the right choices? And I guess that's where so often today, Dennis, modern education and secular society fails our kids because a lot of them are out there with an agenda, that tries to present up the notion that there aren't any choices that for example if a young lady finds herself in a crisis pregnancy situation that the only choice she has is to abort that child that there are no options this in fact really helps to educate the children then from a very early age on this topic to understand that they've got choices in life
3: I I, I don't have this documented but I recently heard about a, a major publisher that had done some research among pastors and um, the number one concern these pastors had about the people going to their church was that there's a generation of young men and women getting married, having kids, forming their own families, and, and biblically, they don't have those convictions in place. Mm. And what what we've attempted to do here is not just have a fun experience with a father, son, mother, daughter, but to to take them to the Scripture and let them see, you know what, the Bible, the Bible is fun, the Bible is relevant, the Bible saves you from death, it saves you from pain, it saves you from shame, from guilt. And if you follow the teachings of Jesus Christ, if you build your life around right choices, which is wisdom and not foolishness, you're going to to not only experience adolescence on a whole different level, you're going to move into adulthood kind of knowing where you're going and where you base your life upon. And I think it's every parent's desire that their son or daughter be equipped as they leave their home when they're 18, 19, 20, whenever it is, to be able to live life and live it skillfully.
1: Dennis Rainey, my guest today on this edition of Lifeline. The program, of course, Family Life Today comes your way every weekday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. Dennis, of course, when he pulls out the pictures of the grandkids, it's not just a few photographs in a wallet. There's a whole PowerPoint presentation. We're going to come back to more of our conversation, a look at Passport to Purity, and by the way, how this wonderful resource can be available to you and your family as our conversation with Dennis Rainey from Family Life Today continues. (laughs)
0: And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts.
1: Welcome back to this edition of Lifeline. Craig Roberts, along with a very special guest, you recognize his voice certainly as host of Family Life Today, heard weekday mornings at 8.30 a.m. right here on KFAX. He's Dennis Rainey, and Dennis has joined us today to talk about a wonderful resource that he's making available through Family Life Today. And you can get more details, by the way, on the web by going to familylife.com. That's familylife.com. This new resource is called Passport to Purity, can help you better equip your child for what they're going to face in life, particularly when we talk about many of the issues related to modern-day sexuality and all that that means. And, you know, it's interesting, Dennis, a lot of parents think that they are singular in the role of raising up a child or influencing a child. But I guess the real reality is that when it comes to child-rearing, there are some other influences taking place in there as well friendships, their peers, the people that they associate with, the influences that they're going to be subjected to in modern-day culture and media.
3: You know, Craig, we raised six children through adolescence. Nothing challenged my leadership like raising kids through adolescence. It was all hands on deck every day. But the biggest challenge, and this is going to sound terribly hypocritical, but it was Christian peers. Kids that our kids went to church with, who they looked up to, but who um, would encourage our children to disobey us, or, or call us fuddy duddies, or out to lunch. And I think by the time I finished raising Barbara and I finished raising our six, we both we both knew that we had to know what was going on in our kids' lives around peer pressure who their who their friends were, where they came from, and even if they went to church with our kids, did not guarantee that they were going to give them sound advice.
1: So this notion that somehow, well, if we send our child to a, a Christian school, for example, and certainly <laughs> it means nothing from a pejorative sense whatsoever, but the fact of the matter is you never know how another parent is training up their child or the kind of values that they're instilling in them And so as a result, it really comes back to building that firm, solid foundation with your son or daughter as early on as possible.
3: You know, one of the most revealing uh, times as we raised each of our six into adolescence came in junior high and high school. It was, as you just said, Craig, it was as our kids' friends moved into adolescence with them, we begin to see what the true values were and how they got played out in everyday life in these peers. And what looked like a Christian family with Christian teaching, and you, you would think with high standards, the junior high years, the high school years revealed, hey, wait a second, you know what? It may have had the appearance of going to church, teaching about Christ, but the young person either didn't get it Or the parents didn't teach it because the way they were living was in a different. Direction. Dennis, and do
1: sometimes the parents kind of think, and, and falsely so, that this will all sort of take care of itself? In other words, I might feel bashful or awkward about addressing the issue of um, sexuality with my daughter, say. So I assume that, well, this will be covered in Sunday school, and they'll get some education because, after all, we're, we're making the sacrifice to send the kids to a private school. Those topics will be addressed there. And, of course, they're good kids, and we take them to school and to church uh, every week, and so we really don't have to worry. About this, it'll all take care of itself. Is that is that a, a do you find in your experience that is a frequent misperception? I
3: think so, and I think there's one other thing I'd add to it. I think a lot of parents are afraid to get into the conversation with their kids about sex because they're afraid their kids are going to say, "Hey, mom, dad, what'd you do?" There it is.
1: And that's the reality. I think that parents need to come to grips with that. As you say, for our generation, uh, getting access to a lot of this meant heading down to the you know the ugly, seedy side of town that nobody ever went into. Uh, today, you don't have to even leave the convenience and privacy of your own home. It finds you. And I guess in the, in, the, in the final analysis, Dennis, parents have to understand, look, this is going to find your kids one way or another. The question is, when it does, will they be ready with an answer? Will they be equipped with the kind of tools, skills, and moral and spiritual foundation that they need to make the right choices? No more valuable a gift that you could give to your son or daughter at a time when they need it the most than the Passport to Purity. Again, more information online at FamilyLife.com. That's FamilyLife.com. Grandma, Grandpa, don't wait for your son and daughter to go out and pick up a copy. Do something right now. Be proactive to protect your grandkids. Go online and order it today. Get more information. FamilyLife.com, the Passport Purity. Dennis, as always, we sure appreciate the time, my friend.
3: And appreciate you, Craig, and love the listeners of KFAX and the Bay Area. and
1: Look forward to seeing you someday. I look forward to you getting away from the heat and come on out here and join us in the, the natural air conditioning of the Bay Area fog. <laughs>
3: <laughs> There's Dennis the Rainey
1: from Family Life Today, the broadcast weekday mornings at 830 right here on KFAX. Check it out, invite a friend to listen, and check out too more information on the Passport to Purity. Simply log on to familylife.com.